Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. Today we are in week two of our sermon series called At the Movies. And what we're doing in this series, as we do almost every summer, is tapping into the power of movies to, to help us grow deeper, in a sense, in our faith. Or what I love about using movies to help Scripture come to life is that oftentimes movies can take these hard, complex biblical themes that, that normally we have a hard time getting our brains around. And it makes it, in a sense, concrete. It helps us to see it so that we can understand it and in turn go out and live it in our own lives. So, so with that being the goal today, what we're going to be getting into is what it means to live our lives on purpose as followers of Jesus. Now, very simply put, because this can be pretty complex, the method that most people use when it comes to finding their purpose is first of all, you got to figure out what you're passionate about, right? you got to figure out what it is that lights your fire, what gets you out of bed in the morning, what you can't live without. Next, what you do is you take an inventory of all your gifts and talents, what you're good at, what you're not so good at, and then once you get all of that information, you piece that together to figure out your purpose because that's what you were created to do. That's what, that's what God is, in a sense, calling you to do. Or to make this practical, Let's take Laura Blankenship, our refuge worship leader, as an example of this. Now, what I know about Laura, at least in part, because this is not all of her, is she has this incredible passion to create and perform great music. Right? This is what gets her out of bed. This is what lights her fire. And then the talent that Laura has that goes along with that passion is not only can she can sing and play the piano, but she can also play other instruments as well. And so what that means when Laura is looking for living into her God-given purpose is she takes the gifts and talents she has, right? Singing and playing guitar or playing the piano and then doing what she loves to do, creating great music. Because according to this way of thinking, that's, that's how you find your purpose. But what I would like to point out about this particular way of thinking about purpose is that this way of thinking for Christians is actually missing out on the biggest part of what it means to find our purpose. Because as the Bible reveals over and over again, for you and I as followers of Jesus, which is not taken into account when people are doing their purpose in a kind of secular way, is that what's most important for us, what we've got to keep in mind, is that our purpose is not the main purpose. Did you hear me? The world doesn't revolve around you. Our purpose is not the main purpose. Our purpose is just a smaller purpose or a smaller subset of what it is that God is doing in the world. Or to help you get your brain wrapped around that in football, the purpose of an offense is to score as many points as possible. And the way an offense accomplishes that particular goal is there's 11 different players on the field doing 11 different things. They have 11 different smaller purposes, but those purposes feed into the main purpose. Or up front, you have the hogs, right? The offensive linemen who, whose purpose is to create holes and protect the quarterback. The quarterback's purpose, which of course, it doesn't happen without the lineman up front 
is to distribute the ball to the running backs and the wide receivers. Running back's purpose to find the hole, get the ball as far down the field as possible. Purpose of the receivers is to run routes and catch the balls. And what I want you to get from this simple example, and I don't know about you guys, you guys excited about college football starting in two months? Anybody? <laughs> right, you guys say E-maw, but I say, or rock chalk, but I say boomer, right? Yeah, All right, my one Sooner fan is clapping there. So I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys. Good luck on your teams, and I hope you guys do well, except when you play the Sooners. All right. So what I want you to notice is the linemen, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers, they all have their individual purposes, and they couldn't do what anyone else does, right? You can't take a lineman and make him the quarterback. You can't take a lineman and make him a running back. No, they've got specific skill sets, but those skill sets feed in to the one big purpose. Without all 11 of those guys doing what they do, you wouldn't be able to score points. Well, that's the way it works when it comes to our purpose as well. In that our individual purposes are not just about us. No, it's about God's purpose. It's about what God is doing in this world. Which, of course, then begs the question, right? Well, what's God's purpose? What is it that God is doing in the world? Now, for those of you who've been around here for a while and don't already know what I'm going to talk about next, shame on you because it should be obvious. Because the simplest way I know how to answer this question, what's God's purpose, is to turn to the first part of the Lord's Prayer. The prayer that Jesus taught all of us to say. Some of us say it every single day. We all say it here every single week. Because in the first part, I would say the whole thing, but particularly in the first part of this prayer, we find the best summary of God's purpose in this world. The prayer begins, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, what I want you to notice about these opening lines is that our God resides in heaven. And what we know about heaven, which is not much from the Bible, right? It doesn't say much about the Bible. But what we do know is that heaven is in existence where because God is the one who is in control, everything is as it's supposed to be right? That's heaven. Then the prayer continues. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And this is the point that most people meet, miss on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's where people miss on earth as it is in heaven. Or, or what we're praying for when we pray these words is for God to take this broken and fallen world where clearly things are not as they're supposed to be and make it more like heaven or make it more like God's domain where everything is right, good, just and fair. Or to see this in a, in a bit different way, and this is how it kind of works in my brain, the line on the top of the screen represents the world as it's supposed to be, the world where God's will is getting done. Or just take a moment and try to imagine that kind of world, what that looks like. Now the line at the bottom of the screen represents the world as it is, the world that we know, a fallen, broken, full of evil world. So what we pray for when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which is the dotted line in the middle or for this world and all of its fallen and brokenness, our lives and all of their fallen and brokenness to become a bit more like heaven. Or to give you a visual on the left side, you will see a picture of our world and what my daughter's bedroom looks like right now. <laughs> While the picture on the right is what our world is supposed to look like. 
that's God's purpose for the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, to, to push this even further, once you kind of get your head wrapped around this idea that, that God's purpose is bringing heaven to earth, what you discover as you get into the particularities of Jesus' life is that every part of Jesus' ministry, everything that he did, the healing, the casting out demons, the miracles, the teaching, and even his death and resurrection, especially his death and resurrection, is the work of God taking the world in our lives and making them right. Again, on earth as it is in heaven, that's God's purpose. Now, for those of you who have never heard me talk about this before and might be a little confused because you grew up in a tradition where the purpose was, um, we need to believe so that we can get to heaven, let me answer your question there. Yes, a part of God's purpose is that we are going to go to heaven when we die. But what I also want you to see and understand is that God's purpose is bigger than that. Because when you really read the Gospels closely, and not only the Gospels, but the whole of the New Testament, it's actually the case that very rarely does Jesus talk about the afterlife. Very rarely. Now, what you're going to find Jesus doing and talking about most is for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then where the afterlife fits into this, especially according to the Gospel of John. And afterlife, or aona zoe, is the word that is used by the Gospel of John to talk about what we refer to as heaven oftentimes. So for the Gospel of John... Aeonah's away, the afterlife heaven, is not something that begins after we die, right? Oftentimes we have this image in our heads like, okay, so we're going to live our lives, we're going to believe in Jesus, and then after we die, we're going to go to heaven and everything's going to be great. No, what the gospel of John says is eternal life begins in the here and now when we choose to follow Jesus, when we live in relationship with God, right? It starts here and now and then goes on forever. So what I want you to see is, yes, of course, eternal life is a part of God's purpose, but it's not the main purpose. It's not the main goal. No, God's main purpose, as is made clear in the New Testament, is for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you're still having a hard time believing me, open your New Testament and go through it line by line. And see how many times Jesus talks about the afterlife. And see how many times Jesus and the rest of the writers are talking about God taking this world in our lives and making them better. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which, when you think about it, changes the game, right? So if you're, you're thinking about our goal is to get up there, right? If that's the ultimate goal, and that's a part of the goal. If you're thinking about that, then we don't have to do much. Everything's going to be, you know, we just need to do what we need to do and we're going to get into heaven. When you think about it in this way, your kingdom come, your will be done. Wait a minute. That changes the way we think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want, we want to go to the eternal life after we're done. But we've got a whole lot of work to do while we're here. God's not just called us to believe and then sit around. No, he's called us to follow him and do what we've been called to do. And then there's an eternal life beyond that. So, what that means for us, if we go to thinking about what's our purpose, then what we have to do is just like everyone else, we need to take a moment and think to ourselves, what is it that we're passionate about? I believe God puts that passion within us, right? What is it that gets us out of bed in the morning? What lights our fire? Then we need to take some time to think about what it is that we're good at. What are our gifts and talents? 
right? There's some things that God didn't create you to do. As much as I want to pitch in the major leagues, God didn't create me to do that, right? So you can't do what God didn't create you to do. And then you put that all together, but instead of starting there, or instead of just going at that point, what we have to stop and do as Christians, we have to ask ourselves the most important question. How can we use all of that talent and passion that God has given to us, the purpose that God has given to us, not just on ourselves, but for the benefit of the kingdom of God, right? Or to go back to Laura's example, what it means for Laura to live on purpose as a Christian is she has to take all that passion and skill that God has given to her to create and perform great music and use that not just on herself, but to play her part in causing God's kingdom to come. And the way she does that around here is simple. She devotes herself to creating great music to lead our refuge in spirit and in truth to worship our God. She, she helps open up people's hearts so they can feel the presence of God in this place. And it's not just Laura that does that. Our musicians do the same thing in this service. That is their purpose. They take their talents and use them to do great things for God's kingdom. Or to push this idea a little farther and help you to see that that purposes have this kind of wide variety. We're all going to be different in so many different ways. I want to show you a movie clip that I hope sticks in your brain of a man who devoted his life to bringing heaven to earth by raising up some strong and intelligent girls. So check this out. No, ma'am. What's going on? Everybody okay? They got a call. Said there was trouble in the house and that we were being rough with the girls and they needed to look. A call from who? Not at liberty to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, you all need to look around? Go ahead, you can check on in the cupboards. Maybe you can go check under the beds, make sure it's no monsters. It's a little wet for practice, don't you think? Don't the girls have schoolwork to do? They do their homework. Tundi's first in her class. Lynn and Isha are too. That's right. Girls, spell civilization. C-I-V-I-L-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N. OK, Mr. Williams, Wait, this now, is on, really hold, not necessary. Hold on. You want to check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors and lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. Now, I understand you got to do your job, even if some crazy neighbor do call talking foolishness. And I don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids. You know why? Because we are. That's our job, to keep them off these streets. You want to arrest us for that? Fine, but what you're not going to never do is come knock on this door talking about you had to blow their brains out in them streets because they running with hoodlums and doing drugs and things. That's what you're not never going to say in this house. You want to arrest us for that? That's fine. You need to be arresting them parents at them tennis matches. That's who need to be getting arrested. Now, what 
I love about this clip is in a sense, it sums up Richard Williams' God-given purpose in life. To raise up five successful, strong women to go on and do great things with their lives. Which, by the way, he did an amazing job at. Not only raising up two of the greatest women's tennis players who have ever lived. You guys know Serena and Venus. Whether you watch tennis or not, you know these ladies. But, but what a lot of people don't know is not only did he help raise up these two incredible girls to do this, that's what he's known for. He also had one daughter who then went on and became a lawyer, a movie producer. And then another daughter who went on to become this fashion designer and creative executive. So what this movie clip gives us a picture of is an ordinary man whose faith was foundational to him, how he went about bringing heaven to earth. And the way he went about using his gifts and talents and passion to bring heaven to earth was by not only keeping his girls off the streets in one of the roughest neighborhoods in America, Compton, California, but by providing them with everything that they would need to thrive, even if other people thought he was crazy, even if he got the cops called on him because he was being too hard on his daughters. And the amazing thing, against all odds, he did this. He raised up these girls to go out and do great things. He took his talent and his passion and he used it to bring heaven to earth. So, so now that you have a basic understanding of how purpose works for Christians, right? It's not about us. Your assignment this week and for the rest of your life for that matter is to ask yourself the question, how can I take all that God has given to me, the passions, the burn that I have inside of me, all the talent, all the gifts that I have, and use that not just for myself, but for the sake of God's kingdom. How can I help take this broken and sinful world and make things right? Because that's what it means to live on purpose. Right? If your purpose doesn't align with God's purpose, then you're just wasting your time. As Christians, no. Our purpose has to be about finding our place and God's bigger goal of causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. Father, as we come today, um, for those who do not have a purpose, for those who are struggling to figure out who they are, what they're passionate about, their gifts and talents, I ask that you would help them to find that out. I ask that you would open their eyes so that they can begin to see who it is that you created them to be. And then once they do that, oh Lord, I pray that you'll help them to see, along with the rest of us, that our purpose is just a small subset of your purpose. That all we're meant to do is not everything. We can't be all things to all people. No, our purpose is to do what you created us to do. And then that plays our part in your overall purpose of bringing heaven to earth. So, Lord, help us to know it's not about us. Help us to give our lives to you and your purpose so we really can be a part of, of this incredible movement of salvation and restoration that you started when you gave your life for everything for us on the cross. It's in Jesus Christ's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. 
Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.